fucking song. I um still waiting for the um, intro music from Deep Has, but um, welcome back to the corner of the round table. Um, thanks for joining us again. If you listened last week, uh, this week we've got Corbs in. Uh, of course, we've got Dano again, and I didn't introduce Tish last time, Tishy Toring. So I'll have to. You would have heard her voice um, on the Google last week. So I'll introduce her now, Tishy Toerings, How are you? Hello, good, thank you. So Tish is going to be trying to keep up and googling stuff if we need. Um, Corbs, how you doing? Good, mate. Just glad to be here. That's good. So Corbs is going to be a mainstay on here. He's one of the crew. Um, this is your first podcast, isn't it? First podcast, a little bit scared. Yeah, I remember my first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was really scared. <laughs> yeah, I remember mine too. If I could give you any advice, I'd say um, talk like no one's listening. Okay. And Is anyone like listening? no one's watching. But y- yeah, well, 66 people according to Spotify. <laughs> exact, exact, exact words my father told Is me. <laughs> but you know, you know the whole, um, you know the dance... What, like no one's watching saying or whatever you'd call it. It's a bit lame, right? But it's kind of like the kind of thing you'd get um, on like a fridge magnet if you joined Weight Watchers or something. But it's actually, I reckon it's pretty solid advice. Like imagine if you, um, imagine if you like woke up on a dance floor, like you were drugged, say, and then you woke up, you were drugged by some bikies and you woke up on a dance floor in Sin City in Surface Paradise, fully naked, probably a bunch of islanders staring at you and probably like Little John and Usher playing, I reckon. And everyone's just watching and you're just like, fuck, what do I do? Like the, if you just said to yourself, dance, dance like, like no one's watching. Back to the advice. <laughs> That's the best advice you could give yourself yeah. in that situation. And it's a lot like podcasting too. You know, like you feel... Naked, you're nervous, you're scared, but I think you just got to talk. And I wouldn't know shit because I've only done one as well, but I think you just got to talk like no one's listening. I like it, Minga. I like it yeah. too. Um, I don't wise. know, I guess. It's wise. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you'll get that from me from yeah. time to time. The other thing is no one probably is listening. 66 people. Oh, yeah, sorry. I think only 50 of them finished it, which is pretty, That's pretty good. astonishing. That's yeah. <laughs> So speak like 66 people are listening. Yeah. No, no, no. Speak like no, no one. Okay, so, okay, no, no. so did we have 50 finishes? I think we had 55 people finish it and 11 cunts like pull out at That's some fantastic. point. Yeah, which is fine. I, yeah. I assume most people would. But it's pretty good. Yeah, like, we yeah. take that. We take that. Most people stayed in, didn't pull out. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, think um, I think having Kane on like brought a lot of legitimacy to it. Um, and people might expect something like that from us again this week, but you're not going to get that. Yeah, you get, they're going to get the oracle. Yeah, the oracle. Oh there's anything God. to listen to this for, at least it's the oracle. Yeah. I mean, I bet the people that did listen are probably buzzing about that. When they hit three, one of them paid $3 a place, the other two won, both playing about six bucks. The first one on Mooney Valley was eight, I think, seven or eight. Yeah. Two. It went up. I got it at like six fifty, but... Holy shit, he is something else. The amount of messages I got, boys, of uh, people that don't even punt. I don't know if this is a good thing we gamble responsibly here, but the Oracles is creating something early. I knew it would. Oh, Jesus, God. Mm. Feels good to know him. 
Yeah. I, I just want to speak asset. to him today. I just want to say hi so I can tell people like I've actually spoken to the Oracle. Yep. You'll get to talk to him. We'll call him soon. Um, I guess we've got to touch on that fucking shit show that was the AFL Grand Final. Um, God. <laughs> and to quote Bob Catter, oh, I ain't spending any time on it. <laughs> But, like, I think we got to spend it maybe a little bit. But, like, fuck me. What a waste of my time. Oh, God. I don't think we need to spend any time talking about the actual game. Nah. Because it was bad. And I, in the last, I think it's like the last 15 years has been, there was an 89-point Richmond win in 2019. There was a... There was a couple of Hawthorne floggings, like, in the mid like 2014 or something like that against Sydney. But that was as bad a grand final as, like, I cannot remember a worse grand final. Do you guys... Do you reckon you, that's the worst one? I, I just reckon it sucked. Yeah. There wasn't really a moment where it was, like, seriously after the first goal. There wasn't a single point where the, it was entertaining It wasn't a moment. Like, maybe the first, first two minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, first five to ten, I think, and then it went downhill yeah, it. I mean, fuck. I, I actually just stopped paying attention after the first quarter because the writing was on the wall. Who do you um? So I was thinking about it early in the game, at maybe the second quarter of the people that would be enjoying it right now, and I wasn't one of them. But I was thinking Geelong supporters for sure. They would have been barsing in glory. That's all I could think. Geelong of. players barsing in glory. Coaches, whatever. But I think. The one, well, we'll call them people uh, that would have been happy would have been the umpires because... A subclass of human. Yeah, well, we were talking about it. So there's three umpires. We're going to call it one and a half people. So there were one and a half happy people. Because <laughs> there's three. Because <laughs> there's three. Yeah. Um, there's one and a half happy that's people on the ground during that game, and that's those three. Because... They're umpiring a grand final, and I reckon the umpires would be as nervous as anyone going into a grand final. There's so much at stake. And they would have had no nerves whatsoever because the game was over. They could have, there were a few bad decisions, and they, they weren't even getting booze from it. So shout out to the one and a half people that were also happy outside of the Geelong people, um, the umpires. Yeah, good for them, I guess. I mean, but you, you're absolutely right. They are. They would have been having the best day out there. The easiest. Just not having to worry about No controversy. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if they were smiling to the... You know the players sort of celebrate early and smile, wave to the crowd and stuff? It'd be pretty classic if the other players did, did the same thing, like just basking a bit of the grand final glory, started looking around. <laughs> <laughs> Waving to the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I guess... I guess the greatest moment of the day was Joel Salwood and the boys with the water boy. Um, kind of like, yeah, I think eclipsed the whole game. Well, but before the game, um, Salwood Salwood won a lot of people over this game. He's sort of been a bit of a, I don't know, it's another subject I wanted to bring up, but he, um, it's easy to hate the opposition's good players, right? And we're all probably guilty of it and we boo them and stuff. And I think Salwood, this game, won everyone over. And it's a bit of a shame, I think, because he's retired today. 
and it's just like on the weekend everyone started to appreciate him other than Geelong people. Like I've always sort of hated him because he's good. Um, but I think it's a bit fucked that we hate good players and stuff. Um, and I reckon I've made a conscious effort lately to appreciate the guns in all sports that are against my team. You're, yeah, you're a good bloke. I'm a good bloke. Yeah. But when he ran out um, Gary Ablett's son before the game, he's like got a... Gary Ablett... Um Junior. Junior's son has... Junior, junior. Junior, 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 yes. Did he? Did Gary Ablett Jr. call his son Gary Ablett? His name's Levi, okay. but he's, he's got a disease and it's pretty bad. He, the longest survival rate ever of the disease he's got is 18. Oh. Um, and I think he's like one and a half or two. And Joel Salwood apparently called the Ablets before the game and said, I want to run him out. Yeah. Before the grand final. So Gaz was on the sidelines. Joel Salwood came out, grabbed him, ran through the banner with him. Gaz Jr. met him on the other side, took the kid back. It was pretty cool. Um, and it probably sort of showed that Geelong were... Oh, yeah, look at his hair. Yeah. That's Gary Amblett Jr. Jr. Oh, jeez, he's got a good set of hair on him. He's got a great set of hair, doesn't he? Wow. He looks wrapped. So yeah. it was a pretty, it was a pretty cool amazing. moment. Yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah, there he is, with Dad. Yeah, wow. Joel Sal, Joel Salwood definitely won some fans, didn't he? He won some fans, and he played a really good game. In the first quarter, he got twelve touches, and I thought he was probably best on in the first quarter. Um, and he kicked a good goal in the last quarter, and everyone went mad. So, um, I think he didn't even bleed. He didn't bleed, which is a bit disappointing. Usually, yeah, it was, but because usually when he bleeds, you know he's playing well. He's like the, he's a bit like Nate Diaz. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. I was about to say Nate Diaz. Yeah. He's got a bit of Nate about him. Scar tissue. But geez, he was good. It was good to see Dangerfield get a premiership. We were talking about him last week. Um, Isaac Smith won the Norm Smith. He did. Isaac Smith should have seen that coming. Oh. I don't know how Where was that? that coming. Where was that? Honestly, was that? <laughs> what was that paying? Uh, it was fucking. Probably heaps. I think it was paying 21s or something. It was right there in front of us. It was actually on the paper. Right. Mm. Yeah, never let that one go again. A little lesson. I've actually got a bit of a tip for the NRL. Um, Yes, mate. Corbs, what the fuck is the name of the... um, Oh, is the Clive Churchill, hey? Clive Churchill. Clive Churchill. Yeah. I fucking nearly forgot that for a second. I've got a tip for that one. Like that. Um, but, yeah, what do you... Uh, I also might have a tip for the Club Churchill, I think. You do? Is I there a Churchill playing? I wonder if it's the same thing. Um, yeah, the Churchill? Yeah, let's check that. Tish, can you quickly just check if there's a Churchill playing? You never know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, but you might as well have a look because if there is... Is there a Clive? He might have come from a reserves. Clive no, just church, just anything. Even a Clive. What in the... Anything church related. Is there related? a Clive? Middle names. Can you get middle names up? All right. <laughs> we'll, let, just, we'll leave her with that. Omen rebetting. <laughs> anyway, but listen, I don't know. Did you want to talk any more about that AFL? Because I'm still fucking disgusted. Um, and, and I think we should probably move on. No, nah, I'm happy to move on, Minga. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it was disappointing. But good on Geelong. Good on Salwood. Great career. Um, yeah. Oh, there's one other thing that we mentioned. 
the Mad Monday. Now, Corbs, you showed us that article and I am disgusted. Um, It's been disgusting. Can you just tell us, can you just explain a bit of that to us, please? So, just upon scrolling through news stories, um, the Mad Monday celebrations from Geelong, all dressed up as elderly, as everyone probably has seen. Uh, They were getting praise for it uh, on the Monday. Uh, into good the gag. Tuesday even. Good gag. Yeah, good gag. They were getting called too old, too well, slow. It was fantastic. Everyone was praising them, even the media, you know. It's a good joke. It's a good good dig to have. And uh, within 24 hours, the media did a complete turnaround. And uh, with uh, articles such as outrage, outrage, what a word. <laughs> outrage from people. On, on their dress attire, that they were having a dig at our senior citizens. Well, what get, well, a joke. It would be pretty f- offensive to an old person, I guess. I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. Fucking serious, Minga? Well, they're probably f- fucking walking around badly, sick, fucking full of ailments. They don't. They don't want to, you know, see um, the Geelong Grand Final winning team. Dressed up as them. That was probably the most G-rated stunt we've seen for a Mad Monday. I'm trying to make a case. I can't. Look, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like the, those news, those fucking media outlets are just a fucking joke. Like, why the, are they even still around? I read some of the outrage uh, through some. There were Twitter posts and whatnot, Facebook posts. You know, from people of names such as I don't know, Karen. There Name was it. actually a norm. <laughs> Name it. I, I read an article talking about a norm complaining about the old people. <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah. I told you it would piss them off. Yeah, if no. it could. But just the thought that these people need that sort of recognition, that they're standing up for the rights of old people and for it to, you know, be validated. Like, I think they're just crying out for attention that they're good people. The news, they want the media know. outlets. No, the the people that are complaining that started this. You don't reckon they're just old and pissed off that somebody's no, like? I don't think many of them like were old. That's the thing. I didn't see any interviews with elderly homes that went around asking if they were offended. That's what we need to see. This is this might be. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to buy into any of that until they go to a few elderly homes and start asking the question. I reckon. Yep, we need a poll. <laughs> we need yeah. a poll from the elderly. Yeah. Co- can we create some sort of poll for anyone? Or? Uh, oh, we can create an Instagram. We might put a poll for our oh. listeners. Are you offended? I don't know how many Were old, you offended? I don't know how many old people use Instagram. I could probably call my um, grandma and her sisters. Um, we'll get back to you on this. We'll get back to you on this. We're talking about they're rugby league fans. Yeah, they don't know what old means. <laughs> Anyways, it did my head in. Yeah. Fair enough. It's society I, we're in. Some of that shit you see come come out of those things is like, it's all just like clickbait and stuff, I guess. Like, there's nothing stories, nothing articles just to kind of make people click and I don't know. How fucked are the Facebook comments if you ever look at like an article? I sometimes wonder like, who are the commenters and how much of a minority are the commenters? Out of the people that read it. And is it just people that are outraged that comment? Well, know, yeah, I, th- I think it's that same theory as if people who leave reviews. 
Yes. Obviously, you leave a review if you've had a bad experience. I've never left a review if you've, I've had a good experience. Yeah. I've only probably ever left two reviews ever, one about a, a bed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I'll get into soon. Um, but <laughs> A bed? A yeah, bed my, that you my, slept my, in? My, my bed, my mattress. So oh, you bought it? I bought it. A, a, um, I won't say the brand name, but I bought a top-of-the-range bed. Say it. Yeah, say it. Bought a Sealy Poshtropedic <laughs> top, top of the range, top of the range mattress costs costs a fair bit, and um, within oh, we're going off track here, but within under a year, I started to get a massive lump in the middle of the mattress, uh-huh. and um, so I called them up, called up the helpline that was there. They sent out two Sealy Sealy te- technicians. They had, they had a like, they had like technicians. A te- like technicians. These two oh, guys, Sealy Polos. That's all red flags. And How do you become a mattress technician? I don't know, but because you sell shit mattresses, that'd be a good job. They need them. They need yeah. the technicians. So they were. Yeah, that's it. They need them if the mattresses were good. <laughs> so they rocked up and uh, they checked the mattress. They lifted it in the f- and they went. Oh, here's the problem. Your, your bed is on. Your bed's on slats. So the slats is causing the lump, the large lump that's taking up one third of the bed in the middle of the mattress. If you put this on a flat bed, that lump will go down, what? and you'll be back to you know. So what? Just sleeps. chuck like a bit of plywood over the um, slats. That, that was the first thing we were going to do, but I actually had a spare flat um, bed, you know, for it. You to had go a on. spare flat bed, L- like a not a flat bed, but you know the bottoms of beds. What are they called? A, a f- they called a bed, and then the things I the think mattress. They called a bed, yeah, yeah. So I got I had a spare flat <laughs> bed, not a flat bed. I <laughs> oh, guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the old spare flat bed. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, spare, yeah. everyone's got, got a spare flat bed somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I put that in, and uh, I left it and I kept on everything, rotating it every, you know, four weeks and <laughs> whatnot. Hell, man. And um, after multiple calls back, because it didn't, it just didn't. The lump never went away and got way worse actually. <laughs> and then we saw a few other issues with the bed as well, like a lot of dipping in other spaces. So top of the range. <laughs> so I've called them again. What they, they said, cost? So they said, you've already, you've already used your free technician call out. So <laughs> the, the technicians aren't going to come out again. But what we can do is we can send a courier to pick the bed up. You, then we'll, you send the bed to us. We assess it. And then we get back to you on the bed. Oh, they've got an assessment crew as well. They're full assessment. Oh, and um, can I just oh, ask, you know how much? Shit. What's this mattress worth? Oh, it was about. We paid. We paid about three thousand for it. Three and a half grand. Fuck, and this was this was a, like a five thousand dollar mattress. Fuck. So we got it because someone knew someone. Can you, you know? explain the <laughs> wasn't back like, off? What are truck. we talking lump wise? <laughs> so lump wise, it was um in the middle of the bed um. So the middle of the bed, but the, a third of the like mattress, the whole middle, the whole middle section, not other. not long ways. Mountain up, it just it just rose. It rose. So then that that was a probably about where your lower back is, lower back, um, you know, to hips. So that yeah. threw everything out because you dipped down into yeah. the bed. Um, but anyways, they they said you've used up your free thing. And it's so not like you and Nicola are like big um like big people. It's not no. like there's a couple of Samoans. Corb, can I just ask one more thing? Right yeah. Yep. So you're saying from a flat position, the mattress rose. Rose. Full rise. So it wasn't a dip. No, no dip. And so... It rose. It rose. Ah, that's that's weird. Yep. And the slats caused the rise. Well, Mm. according to the technicians. Wow. (laughs) 
So how's what this? Did the te- can I just quickly ask you, what did the fucking technician look like? Both of them. Because I would imagine, I, I would imagine, like you know, when go- when people like go bald and like all on the top of, from the front of their forehead to the back, but they leave like <laughs> yeah. all their hair. It's like a whole, like, like those headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like th- I imagine they both had that haircut. No, they actually didn't. They had, they had um they had like slicked back gelled hair. But like, well, I don't know what product they used. They might have been rolling with a clay or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe a matte clay. But anyways, tucked in too. tucked in polos to chinos, like professional looking type. Mm. So then on the phone, back to it, she said, you can send it to us, but you've got to pay for the courier there and back. And I, uh, which, you know, didn't receive, um, I didn't receive very well. Um, but I said, okay, how much is the courier? Well, that's, which was, well, that's, that's absolutely fucking Which was absurd. around around $150 each way, so $300. But if we, if we receive it and find that there's any issues with it, which we doubt, they were very strong, Oh, that that it was my fault. Um, it, that 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 um, if we um, that um, if they find any issues, they will send it back and pay for those uh, courier costs. But um, I've got another question. Do course. you still have? Are you still sleeping on that thing? No. So so I left this review. So I left. This oh, review. that's right. Wait, like, boys. <laughs> gone full circle. So, just yeah. I just want to know how did I have to do an apprenticeship to become a mattress technician? Is it a four year? Yeah, I think I've. Seen I didn't a few go of deep with them. I didn't go too deep with them, but it looked like they might have had a very quick apprenticeship. Maybe a, like, I reckon. Maybe a one day, two day. Not a bad trade. One day, two day actually, PowerPoint. They're not actually mattress technicians at all. I don't even. They just walk around, just fucking stamping out little fires, just pretending oh, like they've sure. got a setup like that. To say that slats was the cause, I said, "Well, wouldn't shouldn't that be a massive it's thing when you're thing. selling the bed? Like this bed should not be on slats." You'd think you'd push that when you're selling such an expensive it's mattress. It's not a thing. A mattress technician isn't a thing. Um, it's a fucking... So, what was the review? So, I, I left... I did leave a review on product review. You know, I thought, you know what, bugger, I'll leave a review. My first review I've ever done. Left it and said... There was heaps of reviews on the mattress, you know, and some pre- pretty good, which seemed very um, written by people of Sealy or... or friends of and um then there was then there was some couple of scathing reviews about the mattress warping and coming into weird shapes and i thought i'm on here so i'm going to add to this and i added one and said yep just ridiculous customer service you know called this happened then the mattress technicians came out just gave it very short little spiel about what my story was and within i think three days i got a email from sealy and they've they've um, asked me to call their customer service team. You know, please call us so we can rectify this issue. Um, quote this number. Uh, I rectified it. Um, I mean, I called them. Um, they then sent. They then gave me. They said we've passed your contact on to the Sealy um, Queensland representative for something. Blah 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 for Sealy whatever. And so he's called me within a week and said I'm actually down here. Holidaying oh, with the my rep, the rep called. Yep, I'm I'm down here holidaying with my family. I can come check out your mattress. Can check the it boss out. of the apprentices. Uh, the, yes, yeah, the, yeah, it's the head apprentice, <laughs> oh, the head, uh, the foreman. This is the, this is the, the head Sealy foreman. Yep, he's rocked up. Said, "Yep, this is mattress is fucked," and said, "We'll just take it away. We're going to cut away the whole top and put a whole new underlay." Blah blah blah. blah. It's going to be well, absolutely. They're going to repair it. It's going to be absolutely brand. It'd be like it's brand new. I went, "You oh. beauty." He has all free of charge. I'm like, sweet. And with it, the two days later, two guys rock up, take the mattress, got it back a, w- a week later. Uh, lucky I had a spare Maddie. And um, mattress was 
great, great for about 12 weeks. No way. <laughs> I'm, I swear. 12 weeks and then start, like, not the same lump, but, <laughs> but, but a different lump. A different lump and different dips. Are you serious? And now, n- now we don't sleep on that mattress. We sleep downstairs. <laughs> on the fold-out couch. Uh, uh, like, so we sleep downstairs, not just so we're... Um, closer to my child or whatever. But How many mattresses do you have at your house? <laughs> we have three mattresses, one of them with lumps and dips, and the other two is are excellent. Like The cot's good. I'm glad you've named and shamed them, Corbs. Well, you know, like this might come back to bite me, but... Nah, it was you'll be shit. Sweat. I doubt any of the 66 listeners have anything to do with Unless you Sealy, are, unless they're a, They might be a Sealy apprentice. <laughs> Yeah, if any of the apprentices are listening, we're sorry. Yeah. Are we sorry? Not really. No. That's slat lines. That's bullshit. I can't believe you needed the head apprentice out there too. Anyways, the that, was, that was on reviews with going back with what you said about... What are we talking about? Listen, to, I've got... Something to do yeah, with... Yeah, we were um, talking about reviews, but I've actually... i got a funny review story too, but I've, I've actually... I think we're getting a call by the Oracle. Oracle, how are you? I'm wonderful, mate. How are you? Great, mate. Great. Fucking good God, it's good to hear your voice. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the boys here. I've got Corbs and Dano. Dano actually wanted to speak to you. Oh, yeah. How are you, boys? Oracle, mate. That's Dano. I don't have like much to say, but I just wanted to say hi. I just because you're famous now <laughs> and you are mythical. And I just wanted to be able to tell everyone that I've actually spoken to you. So, how are you going? I'm good, bud. How are you? I'm good, mate. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. Let's just talk about last week because I obviously have complete faith in you. I don't know. I think anyone that followed, and I think there was a few people that did, probably weren't sure what they were getting themselves into, but they definitely know now. Um, when I, I, I was actually on the phone when that first race at Mooney Valley went and I was like, oh, shit, the race has jumped and I flicked it on and KGB was ahead by like four lengths or something in the straight. <laughs> Wasn't going to lose and I was just like, oh, we are on. Yeah, it, it was a pretty good – it was not a bad start to the podcast, that's for sure. I was pretty stoked with to kick that one off early. Not a bad start, it's a little it, bit modest. Example. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I thought I thought Mooney Valley played relatively well. Obviously, it was like what we said on the podcast. It was a standard rails in run. You got the rail. You won pretty much from there. And I think that was evident with the the moist stakes night as well. Um, sorry, not the moist stakes night. The moist stakes with Cool and Gouda jumping fantastically, mm. keeping Zoo style out, and then she held on by the skin of her teeth. I like to say moi. Moi, I like that, to say okay. moi, but I don't know if that's it. It sounds wow. French. Yeah. Moi steaks. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking about. Uh, yeah, I think I, I like mentioned that weight to you. Like, I think she just fell in with that fifty kilos. Really, Probably yeah. Wouldn't have won with another kilo more, I reckon. We won't see nah, that again. I think it, nah, well, there's there's talk about her getting an Everest slot, which I thought was a bit of a G up, to be honest. Yeah. Like she she fell in over a thousand thousand meters with fifty kilos on her back not racing against any kind of notable sprinters. So I reckon she'd certainly get found out if they threw her in that Randwick 1,200-meter race, that's for sure. Yeah, I think so too. 
Geez, Rothy was tough though. I thought he had a, t- a tough run. Like you said, the speed was fucking hot. Oh, and he was, it was, he, wasn't it? He sat a little bit wide, and that's tough at the valley. He's a, he's a fucking good horse. And I feel like that kind of took the sting out of him having any sort of finish on him. Like he battled on, I think, to fifth, I think it was. So yeah. it wasn't too bad. And if you look at it, like the obviously Bella Demetina and, and Kulangata gap the rest. Well. But yeah. oh, I reckon she could be a moral for that oh. Manicato in a couple of weeks, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she draws man. a gate. I reckon Craig oh. will stick on. She'd be a great chance. Oh. Oh. Take this, oh. listeners. Take this one. <laughs> Lips getting licked across the country. <laughs> oh. Oh, but, yeah, what are you thinking? What are you thinking this week? I'm sure you've had a look at everything. Well, do you want to hear about the horse to follow? Because I think a few of the followers might want to get on this one. Hang it's on. got a decent odds on it. Yeah, 100%, man. Sorry. No, no, so we don't want to hear that, there was, <laughs> No. Keep it no, to yourself. That's all good. Definitely. So there, I think you guys would have seen the Stutt Stakes, which uh, Tijuana won. You would have seen, I think it was the fourth race on the card. Absolutely. Anyway, it's usually, it's usually one of those kind of traditional lead-up races building up to a derby. So, obviously, Tijuana won it, sat off speed, kicked on the bend, and, and the rest was history. But there was a particular horse in that race called Virtuous Circle. Mm. J-Mac actually rode it. It's a Liam Howley horse. So, he used to ride for um, Lloyd um, – not ride, um, train for Lloyd Williams, you know, mm. in, uh, in those navy colours. Yeah. So, now he's out on his own and he's got this – this horse by Al Manzor, who's re- he was a really good horse over 2,000 metres, 2,400 metres even in, in Europe. Yep. Um, he was right at the back in that race, came down. Like I thought he was going to have a – J-Mac was on it this time. I thought he was going to have a crack down the rails, but he actually peeled out, got the gap, and he absolutely rocketed home for I think he got third in that race. And, I'd, like, I was blown away by it. So mm. I feel like – I would be having just a little bit, nothing crazy on him to to win the derby. I took $26 on Sunday for him to win it. I was trying to find through social media. 26, yeah. He's now down into uh, 21 uh, 21 to win, $6 to place on Neds. That's the highest odds across any bookmaker that I could find. I'd have a just – I'd just have a little go at that because we we know he's – and you know he's going to run the distance. The only thing I have, I found a little article where like an interview with Liam Howley and he was talking up running him and keeping him at the mile over the thousand, oh, sorry, in the Caulfield Guineas. And I really, really hope he doesn't. He takes him to 2,000 metres in, in a week or two's time and then into the derby for that on that Saturday. So... I'm praying and hoping again for twenty one dollars and six bucks a place. Like I'm sure you, um, a couple of the guys could just lose twenty, thirty bucks, whatever it on it, and just see how it goes. I reckon Dano oh. knows a few blokes willing to throw two bucks each way on that or something. I reckon yeah. <laughs> with um, all um, all bets are refunded if your runner doesn't run as well on Neds. Yeah, Not that I'm promoting which, Neds because yeah. I'm banned from them. But um, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> They are refunded on a couple of these uh, bookmakers, which is yeah, so for bad I, reviews or something. I, maybe for if depends on the mattress. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's right. So I, I'd probably just have a little snippet on that and just see what comes of it. Again, the, some of these Oaks runners and Derby runners, they'll start to kind of 
appear in the midweeks, even in some random country meets, and they'll just start progressing through the grades quite quickly. So I feel like that's a good odds to, to find out, I guess. Mate, that is fucking fantastic. I would never be looking at anything like that. I don't think many people would. That is exactly what we want to hear from the Oracle. Um, what else What else are you thinking? Have you got any others to watch? Or Well, there's actually on the quick backup, which we can get to now if you want to, because we're moving into it, – it's actually going to run at Randwick again this weekend in the group one. So okay. I thought I'd – and if you want to, do you want me to run through, I guess, what's going on at Randwick this weekend? This is this Nibbly Bren? No, 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 different horse. All right, let's yeah. let's hear it. All right, so, so on the quick well, backup. Yeah, on the quick backup, and I'll I'll explain to you why I love the quick backup as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the weather in Sydney's pretty poor, I guess today. Well, even though Rose Hill played pretty nicely, um, but it's been pretty. I think they're getting between, I think ten to fifteen mils every day leading up to Saturday, with the showers easing then. So. There's a chance we're probably going to be dealing with a heavy track, so ah. so I won't I won't be giving out. Um, so I'll probably end up doing the form for a soft deck, and I'll end up doing the form for a heavy deck, and I'll just put out the tips with you. I'll send them over to you on whatever yeah ends up being the track rating, yeah, I guess. One hundred percent. Will that people can find them on Instagram for sure when they come out before the weekend? Jeez, that yeah. those Sydney tracks, man. I swear to God, they've been heavy ninety percent of the time. Oh, mate, I don't, I don't, I don't I mean, know yeah. how they, yeah. yeah, I don't know how they deal with it. Like Randwick seems like Rose Hill has its days, but Randwick just seems to to handle it the best of those cities. I'm yeah. glad that it's running. Well, we're running there on the weekend over Rose Hill, but again, Rose Hill handle it has been handling itself soundly. It just has those tendencies to be a bit more biased towards those on speed at times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. So yeah, we're happy to wait. Listeners will be happy to wait for those to come out on Instagram. So Hope who's that. who's this quick backup? You're interested. Oh, okay, in. so yeah, we'll touch on that. So obviously, t- this weekend's considered what they call moving weekend. So moving weekend essentially it sets up for those big three races that everyone wants to watch: the Cox Plate, the Caulfield Cup, and obviously the Melbourne Cup. So what you find is a lot of horses are really starting to hit their form this weekend. And if they're not hitting form, then people start to get a bit concerned. So just keep an eye on those ones that you fancy in those futures markets for those big three races and just keep an eye and see how they're going. Obviously, a lot of those stays you don't expect to be winning, but if they are, obviously, that's a really, really positive sign as well. Okay. So I think we'll touch on uh, the Metropolitan, which is the 2,400-meter race first, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the horse that's actually black booked after last weekend was called Hammeron. So you'll have a look at him. He's right down in the weights, and he'll be carrying about 51 kilos with Jay Ford on board. I had $10 on that thing. Mm. Just a pot shot. Yeah, so for those that are listeners, obviously that's race nine we're talking about at the moment. We've skipped a few because we'll go to the big ones after that. Who was right? Um, wasn't Pikey riding that? Pikey was, and he is so out of form. It is not. It's like it's it's not funny. Like it's bad for Pikey, particularly coming into the times, like the big times, I guess, or the big races this weekend. Jeez. So, with the hammer on, I thought he was amazing behind um quality time in that in that 1900 meter race he actually got chopped out at that crucial time as he was beginning to make his run and he actually clocked the fine the fastest final 600 meters of the day in that actual race stop it 
which is pretty ridiculous oh, for a horse wow. that's a, a stayer essentially. So you think about all the races that happened on 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 the Saturday just gone, and he clocked the fastest six hundred. So he's going to drop from fifty four kilos to fifty one, oh, which is awesome. Pike is replaced by Jay Ford. He's never missed the top three in his entire career. Jay Ford's actually won from one on him. Um, he raced on a heavy deck, I think, or a soft deck at Gosford over the, about 2,000 metres. He's drawn nicely and um, he, oh. I love I love stayers on the quick backup with a weight reduction. So I think it, I think, I think, I think you can shop around about $14. Oh, so, oh, 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 no. Four, 14 and four right now as we oh, speak, Oracle. Oracle. So, oh. so to be honest, I'd pro, I'll, I'll put this tip out now because soft or heavy deck, I'll probably be backing it anyway. Um, I'd probably absolutely. recommend maybe a one by two or one by three play. So what I mean by that is have one unit stake or whatever your, whatever your normal stake would be on the win and then do two to three times that stake on the place. And then at least if he runs <sighs> runs to his form, at least you're going to profit on the race. Yeah. That's lovely. And uh, we, what we, what did you say you liked about the quick backup? I love stayers on the quick backup, particularly stayers on the quick backup into a heavy deck yeah, because okay. they, they've got that residual fitness and they sit, they're not, they, I just feel like they – like the, the stat – I don't have any stats on me, unfortunately, but the backups – and you see it so often in the Sydney Cup, uh-huh. pretty, that Randwick in the autumn. Um, so – yeah, I'm, I I think it's a great bet, and I still don't know how those odds were thrown up, to be honest. Yeah, wow. Oracle, that. actually, I've got something to um, just bring up about that. Uh, the quick backup, does that also show stable confidence at all? Uh, it depends because some horses handle the quick backup really, really well and other ones not so much. So I think it just comes down to the trainer and, and their thoughts. Like a, a perfect example is a horse like Snap Dancer. You guys would be well aware yeah, of her. Gone. She's a she's a fresh horse who, who loves her run spaced. So her on the quick backup probably is not going to be the, the like a positive thing for you to see more than anything. But um, but certain particularly more with stays, you see that it's a, it's more of a positive thing. So they keep that residual fitness. Yeah, and then obviously add the weight drop in, and you and you're laughing. Oh, yeah, that is fantastic stuff. Jeez, well, um, I think the listeners will be glad you could give us one. Yeah, well, at least they got know. one that they can they can yeah. snap up now because I no doubts think maybe that I reckon your pros are probably going to chime in on the, all the all the preview shows yeah. and all that. It wouldn't surprise me if they'll chime in on that when they do their filming to tomorrow and the I think Friday as well when some of them come out. So at least we can we can snap up the early price. Yeah, we'll get that. We'll get it up as soon as possible for everybody then. Um, cool. So we'll just wait. We'll wait to hear from you for the rest. Oh, do you? Oh, I can give you a bit of a rundown of the Epsom as well. Yes, please. Just so actually. people are a bit more. Yes, please. Yeah, so I thought we'd talk about the big one. Yeah. Um, you will see there's a lot of noise, Ari Ice Bath. Yep. Everyone seems to be like Ice Bath this, Ice Bath that because she's, she's a mutter. She's got J-Mac on board, all she's that kind of business. Mutter. Yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> I've never been like I've I've backed her before certainly, but I've never really rated her because well, I have rated her, but because she's running some fantastic races, but her winning strike rate is absolutely Shocking. atrocious. Shocking. Mm. 
like she's fucking she's, lost me a bit of cash. That's for sure. Oh, she's always that flashing light, and that's my concern with her is that I think she's four, four from thirty something. And which she's thirty five, four from thirty five. She's three eighty. Which in my like, it's ridiculous. They're cheating so, themselves. So there's that. So. I've got reservations about her in that race. Hinged, Hinged is a great horse, and I think she'll handle the heavy deck or the soft deck, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But the problem with it is the jockey who shall remain unnamed, in my opinion. <laughs> Jeez, what's good? Uh, yeah, yeah oh, don't name him. Oh, we won't yeah. be weird. Probably the won't butcher. be getting on it. Nah. Um, Converge, obviously, he's, he's not come up this prep, in my opinion. Ellsberg's the same. So mm. there's... There's quite a few that I can actually pen now pretty easily. Okay. So I'm going to back it up probably with my – again, this is this is track dependent, but I'll probably back it up with top-ranked my boy as well in that race because he's just – he's the best horse in the race. He's got form that is just far superior to anything else in this race. Like he's, he's come – he's raced against Palace Pier – in his Europe days, who was at the time the, the world's best racehorse. So, yeah. like, he can't question that. So I just feel like he's ready to go. Um, yeah. Soft deck, I think I'll, I'll be having quite a large bet, but heavy deck I probably won't be. I'll be probably steering clear of the race, to be honest. Okay. Huey Bowman in the saddle as well doesn't oh. hurt. Yeah. Well, he's he specifically requested to ride um, top ranked. So he's Jeez. been on... He's been try he's been trialing him pretty much since the start of the year and he's been Annabelle's go to with him. That, so that last race that he won with Huey on was gun ride and it he, is. he won very well. And in my opinion, Huey is in hot form at the moment. Yeah. He we, always is. We've got good Hugh at the moment, which is great. Mm. So I think and he drops three kilos. He his his handicap rating's hundred and ten. Which is the highest in the thing. So he's conceding only what? Well, he's got conceding a little bit of weight to certain horses like Crosstalk, but mainly only two, two and a half kilos to the rest of them. So he's, for some reason, he, well, because he hasn't won a group one, but he's just come so well into the weights. So I think he's a great chance as well. Okay. That is absolutely fantastic. Glad we could get two of you because the listeners would be starving for them. Yeah. Um, I've th- they're starving. <laughs> There'll be many <laughs> listeners with bibs on just to wipe up the froth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a bit to wipe up. Bit of drill, bit of froth. <laughs> right now they're dabbing their chins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, he's good. <laughs> Oracle, you are the man. We love you. Do you, want, do you want to talk about Flemington as well? Oh, yes. <laughs> like, you don't Stop need to it. ask us. <laughs> Just tell us you tell have us. something. Sorry, sorry. Go. <laughs> no, that's all right. Well, Flemington, obviously, Turnbull Stakes Day, one of the big ones leading up to the Cox Plate. Um, some notable winners, Winks, obviously. Yep. She came through and almost got beaten by Young Star, a stable mate, but Huey somehow got her free um, in free air and she blitzed them. Um, the rail's out nine metres down there. So if you look at the stats, 44% leaders, 24%, 32% back markers, of the last, I think, 10 meetings in this position. So really, it doesn't really matter. You want to be the on-speed or back marker. Midfielders, usually you just get caught running up bumps. So um, I wouldn't be backing those horses at a midfield in barriers, say, one to maybe four or five, maybe six even, because you're worried they're going to get buried on the fence. Okay. 
All right, so that's just just a food for thought moving into this meeting. Um, we're going to be running on a good track, which is fantastic. So nice fair racing. We have to deal with soft tracks or anything like that, which is good. Um, Go Melbourne. Yeah. Um, it, the Turnbull is set weights and penalties. So what you'll see with that is it's essentially you, you, it's, it's better off to be in that position if you are a weight for age star as opposed to a handicap where you're going to be conceding weight to horses inferior to you in, in terms of a handicap rating. So a horse like um, Dewayas, who's a weight for age star, in my opinion, in Australian horse racing, is conceding two and a half kilos to to the, the bottom weight, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan. I of think. That. I, I, hey, yeah. Profondo's in. <laughs> Your mate, yeah. My mate. <laughs> There's something about him. I don't know what it is, but I just want him to be good. Everyone wants him to be good. One, because he comes out of those kind of boutique stable and Richard Litt, but also there was such a boom on him going after after that um, first prep where he came out and just blitzed him in the, the um, so spring champion. Yeah. The problem was if you look at that spring champion, there's some good horses in there. Like Benno's obviously jumped and gone gone on with things as as Allegron, but everything else he didn't really beat much. Yeah, so, you're right. So so the form lines uh, aren't there, but at least he's going to get a good deck, which is good, and he's got Craig Williams on, which we know is always going to be a positive. Yeah, fucking nice. Craigie, another one in come back in really good form. Look, yeah, he's doing really well. Look, I don't know. I might have a little something on Profondo just because I'm a little bit of a crush on him, but I'm a fucking idiot, so. <laughs> what, what, I think what, I'm going to wait for the Oracle. <laughs> yeah, are you going to, like, no, well, what are, you, what are you thinking in this? Well, actually, I've I've got a little favourite in there, but I just don't know how what to do you go. like? I, look, I like Inspirational Girl. Um. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it. Um, I believe Inspirational Girl did a fair bit of fair bit of WA racing, uh, and I was it used to dominate there. So I don't know how it'll go in this, but Oracle, you'll she's, probably. Smack, I don't, smack I'm not going to talk you. That, no, I'm not going to talk you out of it. She's fourth and four second up. She's never. She's never. Never lost second up. Not bad on a soft track either. Gets to good. Nice. Very good on a good track. She'll handle softer, heavy going. Um, do you have a concern about the distance? This will be her first time going at two thousand meters. Oh, I've you got. A cons- I have a concern about you everything. Really, uh, she's by. It, she's by. Reli- she's by reliable man. So I wouldn't be too stressed. You know, like on breeding, you'd suggest that she she'll probably get it. Well, that's exactly what I was looking into actually as well. <laughs> the breeding. Um, <laughs> that's why I've got no concerns actually. No, I, I'll literally wait for your tips on this one because. As you said, the rail's out. I'll be looking for someone who's going to lead or... Do you even want to touch it? I'll, do you even want to touch it, Oracle? I also have a bit of a um, thing for Surefire. But, yeah. You know, he's kind of let me down the last couple, but got a little it's, bit of a thing for yeah, him. I don't, but... Surefire's a good horse. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's actually a really, really good race. Obviously, there's a bit of a girlfriend in mine in, in Dwayne. Like, I've, I've been on her since her first prep. Yeah. Back when she won the, the the Queensland Oaks up here, so I've always been I've got a bit more of a, a bias towards her. So if I was if I was going to give a tip in this race, I'd probably give her, but it's not going to be an official tip more than anything. It's more just a selection. I think Knight's Order is going to jump from the far wide barrier. I don't think it's going to lead on its. Oh, on its Gail had that up the front for sure. 
Well, I don't, I don't see any other real leader in this race. So if it can get away with Blue Murder up the front, and we know that forty four percent of of the of the results are are to leaders. Silly. The way it gets silly. buried behind some horses and can't wind up, I reckon Knight's Order could get away with some cheap sectionals, that's for sure. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's um, – yeah, it looks, it looks like a tough race, hey? It does. It'll be a good race. I reckon if Dwyer's can win it, I reckon she'd almost be um, a moral for the Caulfield Cup. Ooh. Simple as that. Yeah. yeah but, right. again, let's wait and see how she goes. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Fantastic. All right, Oracle, well, we're going to go, but, um, God, we love having you on. <laughs> Thanks, boys. We'll have to get you in the Dano can't speak. Oracle, I've nearly, I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like it. Is there a person that knows their field more than the Oracle knows about horses? I don't think there is. No, nah, there's not. Oh, my God. We need a cloth here to wipe up this uh, round table. <laughs> Someone get me a cloth. There's a fair bit of triple. And drool. <laughs> Toad coat. Bit of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> bit of Listen, mate, well, I'll wait to hear from you when the tracks kind of, when the weather plays out with the tracks. Um, and we'll get something up on social media. But thank you Sounds so much. Like we love Pleasure, you. lads. Have a good night. For any listeners out there that aren't really into their horse racing, you're just going to have to deal with that. 20 minutes every week because you're not getting the Oracle anywhere else and you're going to need to fucking soak it in and start listening because, Jesus, I'm telling you, you just can't get that anywhere else but the corner of the round table. You can't. Like, that. And, fuck, we We're might privileged. Go, we might go for an hour one day and you're just going to have to sit there and listen to it. Because and if you don't. Then that's your loss. Yeah. If you want to win money. Every word exactly. that that oracle speaks is gold. I'm going to start taking the tips off the Instagram one day and you're just going to have to listen to the whole episode if you want any of it. So, yeah. I like Might as well start manga. early. That's a threat. <laughs> that's a threat. They might, they might have to subscribe. <laughs> Please. Those scabs might have to subscribe. <laughs> Listen, I made a post on the Instagram last night about a young Aussie guy called Jack Jenkins. My he God. fought on the Dana White Contender Series last uh, this morning and um, he won. He won well. He absolutely dominated that bloke. The bloke that he fought was an Ecuadorian guy with a boxing background whose MMA record was about 8-1, and one, I think. Now, it sounded like a bit of a setup to me by the UFC. I don't know how. I mean, I think they were just setting up for him to break his leg, like a guy with a boxing background and against Jack. But, I mean, it's good to see. I don't know. Did, did he get the contract? Because I... Yeah. He got it. He got the contract? Dana White was surprised that he didn't see any leg kicks, but he got the contract. <laughs> and that just shows so versatility, good. I guess, you know? Yeah. Because he didn't have clear Actually, openings to those leg Dana kicks. Dana White thought he was a bit of a one-trick pony. Oh, oh he was wow. There you go. Because he basically just mounted this guy. From this fight, he thought he was a one-trick pony. Oh, from this bit, fight? Yeah, he was a bit disappointed. From this fight? Yeah. Every I other fight, he's broken legs with his kicks. This fight, he... 
grounds and grapples that the whole fight and wins every round. That doesn't, doesn't sound right. Yeah, Dominating well, that's what fashion. Said. Well, fucking news.com is probably the same people that gave us the old, uh, old people Geelong shit. Probably ex um, mattress. Um, They've got no idea. Mattress apprentices. Writing mattress articles. protectors. Now the protect- protectors of the company. <laughs> mattress protectors. <laughs> anyway, he was so impressive. I don't know if you've watched it, but go and watch it. He basically just, like, I wanted to see him break the guy's leg, obviously, but he basically just dominated the guy, mounted him, painted the canvas in blood. And he's just got that loose screw about him, doesn't he? He's just got something about him that's a little bit a little bit wild that's appealing. Australian loose, too. He's just got Australian looseness from Bacchus Marsh. He's from Melbourne. What's it's, Bacchus Marsh? It's not in Melbourne. I'd say it's like... So they're about an hour from sort of civilization. Because you're from Melbourne. Yeah, so. I don't know. Um, no, Sounds I would, loose anyway. It's, it's I reckon it's loose and good on him from Is being a from swamp? Um, like, a, <laughs> like a marsh? Is that what they call it? I don't even know what a marsh is. I, I, I I might, there like might a be swamp. a swamp there. I haven't spent a whole heap of time in Bacchus Marsh, but I've just seen signs. Uh, yeah, my... Let us know. My girlfriend actually thought Bagus Marsh Marsh was a third world country. Um, She didn't know it was actually a Victorian suburb. Yeah. Um, Well, it sounds like something. But he's put put it on the map, so good on him. Sounds like it could be from like... uh, A Russian jail. Yeah, like... A bit of time in Bagus Marsh. Chechnya or something. (laughs) Well, actually, I have a mate that I'm working with who um, played footy with the great man. And Jack, he Farjack Jenkins, Farjack, and he reckons Farjack's, um, yeah, it was a bit of a psycho. So, <laughs> turns out he is. Turns out he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he just said Farjack was scary a little bit. He just had that thing about him. So, was he good at footy? I don't actually know if he was good at footy. I never asked him, but doesn't matter. doesn't doesn't matter if he was good at footy. His name's Farjack, and we don't know if that's because of his. Uh, it's spelt P H A R. Is it like because he breaks up. legs, Minger, or is it because he the old horse? He's well, I think it's because he kicks. Yes. I, well, I the, don't. He had a cu- he had to have a cup readjustment through the fight. The opponent had to have a cup readjustment. And why no, did the Farjack, cup? Farjack had to. Farjack. Oh, was it him? Farjack had a cup readjustment to which they had to. They commented they had to quickly turn the cameras because yeah, they were afraid we, he had his father. So I'd like we, to know we watched, why. What? We watched the fight before we the podcast and I was actually at that one point I think I was on my phone trying to do something but I was thinking it was the opponent was it was it was it Jack who had to do the how did Farjack's cuff end up at his knee oh maybe it was at the knee and slipped off the knee (laughs) (laughs) is that giving him more weight behind the kick you reckon that's why they call him Farjack it's one of two really I, I honestly think it's it's B yeah yeah I've never heard of the cup coming out Wicked kicks assisted by massive cock. A wicked rod. Yeah. There's no well, I almost think there's no doubt about it, really. Fucking hell. He's broken three of his last four opponents' legs. That's unheard leg of. Kicks. I've never fucking heard of that Con, before. Yeah. Never You're deep in this, you'd ever. know. Never. I I just I'd never heard of anything. Even though it's like on the regional circuit in Australia. Like the level of competition is not going to be as high as over there, but I don't think that makes anybody's um, fucking 
legs any weaker. Bones weaker. Yeah, I feel like you rarely hear of someone. I don't think it makes any tibulas and fibulas weaker being on the regional Australian circuit. You know, I think we actually have some of the like strongest tib fibs in in um. Well, look at Volkanovski. He's got some of the strongest tib fibs. He's in, got, the, in the world, he has I the think. strongest tip fib. Yeah, that's why he's the champion. Yeah, he's well. actually in the same. He's in the same weight class as him. Oh, well. it'd be, man, I'd love to see them training together. Do, do you hear many time many occasions where the um, the person that's received the kick? I feel like the broken legs come from the kicker. Often, yeah. When it, when it gets like, checked, is it really rare that that happens where you get kicked in the leg and your the the person that's copped the kick actually gets a broken well, leg? To say it's more common to be I th- getting, I think it would you, it'd have to be the person to generally say, checking. To say it's more common being the kicker breaking your leg would be a bit ridiculous because well, that, that who doesn't threw that who threw that recent that kick often. not too long Last ago. Last one I saw was Chris Weidman, I and think. The, and he threw that kick. Yeah, and he, he got threw checked. that kick, got but checked, like and, a, went to, and, and went like to sit back on it. It was a bit high, though, like on um, Uriah Faber's shin, like really solid part of the leg, and like a weaker part of Weidman's shin. You know, it's weird. Anderson Silva did it too. Like you see it sometimes, but I wouldn't know if it's more common. But you just don't see like in the in the like higher levels anyway, like guys kicking other guys' legs and breaking the legs. Like it, it takes no. a hell of a lot of power to do that. Anyways, freak, absolute freak. Yeah. We're going to be following him and he'll be on the corner of the round table one day. And stoked that he got the contract. So stoked. That's so good. That's so good. Just quickly on the UFC, we've got a, we've got a card this weekend. It's a fight night, so it's not one of the ones that, you know, there's not a lot of big names in it. Usually they can still be pretty good cards. They're always worth a watch. A bet on it that I'm looking at, and I was hoping it was going to come up with a bit more price, but it hasn't, which makes sense, is a guy called Randy Brown. Now, Randy Brown's fighting a guy called Francisco Trinaldo. Francisco Trinaldo is about 60 years old. He's an absolute weapon. He's a Brazilian guy. Can you just look up exactly how old he is, Tish? Now, his age hasn't really been relevant to his performances in the last few years because he's been fighting a lot of younger guys and he's been doing really well, like even beating them. He's just a tough, tough son of a bitch. But this Randy Brown, I don't know if you would have seen him before. You probably have. How old is he? He's 44. Yeah, so Francisco's 44. He's getting up there, but he's a beast. Um, Anyway, Randy Brown beat Chaos Williams last fight. It was a great fight. And you gave me that tip, I think, as well. Yeah, I told you about Randy Brown. Great fight. Great fight. It was amazing. Randy Brown is a weapon. He's just a big, athletic guy. Extremely fast. Yeah, really skilled. (laughs) Rangy. I look at this and I think, out of all the fights on the card, I think this is just one of those things, and I like to bet on this a lot of the time with this, is when you've got a young, younger guy who's in his prime fighting an older guy who's starting to slow down. It's just, it's, you, it's like I reckon 90% of the time goes the way of the younger guy, especially when he's someone like Randy Brown. He's got a bit of experience. like He's not going to gas out early or anything like that. You've got Randy Brown, he's, what is he, 15 and 4, Trinaldo's 28 and 8, Randy Brown's 32, that's in his prime. The 8-inch reach advantage. Yeah, he's He's got a hell of a range. He's an athletic man. But he's super fun to watch too, but look, I think like, Randy definitely wins this fight, but he's only paying $1.30. I think, they haven't got odds up on it yet, 
But um, knockout, I mean, I think it's probably going to happen. It's just it's too much of it's too much a case of the oh, as tough as Ronaldo is, and he is fucking tough. It's more of a case of Randy Brown, like a younger guy in his prime, who's going to come out there and be too fast, too athletic, like too skillful, and I think he's going to catch him and put him away. I don't know what that that price will probably be when they put it up. It'll probably be about a dollar eighty or something for knockout, but. I'm going to be throwing that in my multi of the week for sure. Definitely the dollar thirty for a multi builder anyway. Yeah, and we're going to do some pretty good UFC breakdowns when some good the on the next card, which I think is pretty good. But we're not going to spend too much time on these ones because um, we could be here for fucking another half an hour, and we don't want to bore anybody any more than we probably already do. So we'll just touch on that for now. Let's get to the NRL Grand Final. Let's hope to God it's better than that AFL one. I don't. Have a lot of faith. I think maybe the first half will be pretty good, but I mean anything's going to be a bit better than that thing last Saturday. What do you what do you reckon, Corbs? There's a lot of talk about it, obviously, with Eels beating Penrith twice through the season. You know, beating Storm twice as well. I think, but they the second win against Penrith that the Eels did. You know, they had Cleary get sent off for that. Um, Beyond the horizontal tackle, that red card. So playing with a player down the rest of the match, they were sure to win. Um, yeah, look, there's a lot of chat about can Penrith do it, uh, Parramatta do it. Um, they've had question marks around them all year. Uh, same with last year as well. I believe there's still a massive question mark because I think they, they uh, rise to the occasion of the team they usually play against, uh, which which would say generally that this will be a tight game, but watching Penrith the last couple of weeks, uh. just with their gaps between games as well, um, I think they're set up absolutely perfectly. I think they're primed. Um, and I can't, it's hard, yeah, I can't see them losing. I can't see Penrith losing in the granny when they've, this is where they've been tracking, they're tracking so well in that, Perfect trajectory as well. They're too good. They're just so good around the around the field. That's everywhere. why I'm worried that this is this could be not that entertaining. But I do think it'll be like the first final that these two played this year. I think the Eels will hang in there for the first half. Now, Mingy, you don't know. So have the Eels knocked them off twice during the season. Yep, out of both games. Yeah, but both one of them games. has an asterisk on it because. Cleary they lost Cleary, yeah. which is their the halfback of Penrith and one of the best players in the game. Yeah. Some people think the best, depending on what side of the border you're from. But, um, you know, as soon as that happened, it was pretty much just whatever. doesn't really mean anything. And the Panthers are going for back-to-back. Yeah. So they Back-to-back-to-back. To-back. Yep. No, they lost, the, they lost to the Storm uh, before last year when they won. Ah, <sighs> No, it, yeah, they lost to the Storm in the final and when um, Cam Smith was playing. Cam Smith played. League. Not the golfer. Not the golfer. Oh. That, yeah. Yeah. The, the other Cam Smith. I was thinking but, of the Masters. No, 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 no. It's not it, – yeah. NRL Cam Smith, like, led that one. I think it was his last year. Yeah. Um, and so, obviously, the Storm one because he was there. But, yeah, what was the score? I think they pumped him. 26 to 20. So they did get – they got ahead early and then Penrith kind of came back later. The game was over like – I think 
at the start of the second half. But so, that, they, so they've been sort of the benchmark for a couple of years. Well, the, even that year, I think they only lost like one game. Yeah. Um, but they just where they were young and they got to the final and they ran into Cam Smith. They choked. They choked in the final. A lot. Yeah, you saw that. Like Cam Smith, you know. Oh, Cam Smith. Did. Yeah, he does that that's to people. What, hey, that's what. That's what happened. Yeah. And um, yeah, so look, then they came back next year and they met the Rabbitohs and they won and that was a good game. But they just look this year like it's theirs. Sounds a bit like, like Geelong in the in the AFL. They're prime. I think they're way. More primed than Geelong were. So Way more primed. Way in the, more, in the levels of the NRL, it almost seems this year that there's Penrith Panthers, and then you sort of can sort out amongst the top three. And I thought the Eels, like I put a bet on the Eels at the start of the finals because I thought they're the only team that could beat them, and they've made it. But I don't think they can beat them after watching Penrith play through the finals so far. No, well, that it, Penrith are uh, look levels above the comp. And um, sorry we're going on about how good Penrith are, but watching it last week, the Bunnies had a fair bit of control in that first half just through a couple of excellent attacking moves. Uh, Penrith were on the back foot and did look a little bit, um, a little bit flustered, but they stuck to their game plan and absolutely dominated the second yeah, half. Yeah, I don't think they ever really looked like losing. No, even in the first half, they... St- they just had a couple of very good tries against them. Yeah. And the Bunnies came out full of confidence and Penrith just shut it down. Even when they were 12 nil, di- nil down, they just, yeah, and it was, then they got it back to 12 nil at half time, uh, 12 all at half time. But every Scored game like, this year, they've been, when they've been behind, they, it's the same story. So they've what, been what makes them good as a, as a whole? Like for, for someone that doesn't know the ins and outs, what, what makes them a good club? Or yeah, team? okay. So that's easy. They, they play for the whole 80 minutes. Um, they play with this physicality that other teams can't match. What happens is, and you can see it when you watch the games, is that about 30, 40, maybe the other teams will last a bit longer and like a little bit into the second half. They, they match the physicality and then you see the other teams start to wilt to it because Penrith are just relentless. And it's just a, a well-oiled machine, like similar to how the Storm have been like the past like decade. And I'm just getting like those Storm vibes and it's just, they're just an unstoppable force at the moment. And I really don't think Parramatta can come into this game and match them. Not, like for, a, not for 80 minutes. Fuck not no. for the whole 80 minutes. Fuck no. And so, what about culture? So another thing, that's exactly what I was about to bring up. They've played together. For such a long time, all the Penrith um, players. They played since youths and then some of them went other ways, but Gus Gould did a fantastic recruitment. Um, Gus Gould has been known at for Penrith. And but all these a lot of these guys have played together since they were thirteen years old. Oh, I'm yeah, so they know the ins and outs of each he other. He kind of like implemented some systems there to like um kind of like bring some of the youth through from like Western Sydney through the Penrith system and and because like some because that's there's so much talent out there. I think that's one of the best things about league how they they recruit these players young. Yeah. Get them into their clubs and they they're the ones that actually develop them. They're not getting drafted. And they're from the areas and stuff. Yeah, they're from the area. I think that's one of FTA. the coolest things. FTA yeah. boys. Yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, they're just like I don't know, man. You'll you'll see when you watch on the weekend like I I'm so confident about this. Like my my actually I guess I better say it. Like my best bet of the week is Penrith thirteen plus. 
And I'm pretty confident. I just, you know, sure the Eels could come out. Almost And, up. like, play different. No, they can't. It rolls they into my best bet as like, well, <laughs> which is the – I'll get this over and done with, which is – it's Penrith at the line. So that's a getting a $1.90 for it now. That's minus mm. eight and a half points. Mm. So I reckon that's cracking value. Yeah. It's just going to happen. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they put 20-plus on them. But you got – so what do we got for Penrith 13-plus? 230. 230? Yeah. So I'll take that. And the line, obviously, of nine – what is it? Uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half. At a dollar ninety. Jeez, easy money. Easy double up. Anything can happen on the day, obviously, but – It won't. You know? <laughs> A lot, a lot, a lot would have to happen on the day. (laughs) (laughs) Penrith have to play terrible, and Eels have to play at their absolute best that they can play. Uh, Yeah, for them to go down. The strange things happen in uh, in our grand finals. Oh, look! You you probably wouldn't have given the Rabbitohs much chance um, last year, but they they nearly got there. It was a great game, but I think um, this style that the Eels played against the Cowboys last week, which is like a it was kind of like a robodope style. Like it was like score some points, you know, go back on the ropes, let the other team attack, just fucking shit defense, like just back and forth. And, and then just out attack the other team. Like absolutely easy tries from Brigham Campbell Gillard. Oh, like, Dan Cam Gill. Like they yeah. they should have been defended, but. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Like just uh, like the Cowboys Pen- defended aren't gonna softly. Penrith and they're not going to let that in. Yeah, no fucking way. So there's there's immediate 12 points. Nah, in. there's a massive gap between like Penrith and everybody else. So you can you can guarantee that. Throw that in your multis or whatever you want to do with it. But um, I actually have Mingo. Yeah, good. Why? What are you thinking? I'm thinking the Panthers are an absolute Monty. Mm. They're in there. So I've just chucked them in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Henrith at a dollar thirty-seven just for a multi-builder. Yeah, for a multi-builder, yeah. At the same time, let's hope for some entertainment because we don't want to be left with something like last week. I've got a question, Minga. In the Origin this year, when Queensland had no chance, yeah, and you said to Game me, three. you actually said, "Don't say." I won't say it, but you did say. <laughs> Are we talking those kind of vibes here? Are we talking that kind of no, no, that kind of underdog? No, no, no. We're not talking that no, because Queensland Par- are known for it. Parramatta are not Queensland. There's you a need big to difference. understand that. Mm. There's a huge difference. I understand, Minga, but in terms of odds and likelihood, like literally, is it? Are we talking similar? Um, I think. Yeah, it's probably similar odds, but likelihood nowhere fucking near. Like Queensland are always a chance. Like they've proved that over the years. Like we're just we just want it more. The the fucking bourgeois blues, fucking cops. <laughs> they just fucking they just don't they just don't have any heart. They don't have any fucking ticker. Could the eels come out and just do something that? Nah, it's not the same. I, they, they could, they're, they're both New South Wales teams, man. They're both fucking no ticker. Yeah, they're both bougie. Know? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're bougie. They're but like, you know, Western Sydney, but, you know, New South Wales, a little bit. All right. They just don't get they just don't get it. Like they don't they don't put on the jersey like Queensland do and just want to fucking win, you know? And feel the state get behind them. Mm. It's the dog. 
Yeah, it's, it's a different thing. It's a completely different thing, man. Like, no, I, I understand that it's different, Mingo. Just, just, just want to throw it out there. Yeah, no, I wouldn't and be you going. You took the bait. I wouldn't be going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you bit. <laughs> yeah, so I also, while we're talking about it, there's a, the game before it is the Women's NRL Grand Final. And the Newcastle Knights, who are in the grand final, also against the Parramatta Eels, which is pretty crazy. So Newcastle are playing at dollar forty-five, Parramatta two seventy-five. The line is six point five. Um, so this Newcastle team, right? They recruited the best player in the league last year, Millie Boyle. Um, last year they didn't win. Oh no, sorry, they won one game, and this year I think they've only lost one game. That's pretty good. Yeah, and they've got a chick playing for them called uh, Jessie Southwell, who Joey Johns, one of the greatest players to ever play, New South Welshman, um, but still one of the greatest to ever play. He, um, he's he got massive raps on her. And I was, to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of WNRL this year, but one of my mates from Newcastle, David Zahn, Steel City stalwart, he was... Um, he was Is he a listener? Me, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. He was telling me the other day about Jesse Southwell and just the Knights' chances. And he actually had a futures bet on them at the start of the year paying like $9. I think they were paying like second um, highest odds because of their season last year. But I reckon they are absolute morals. And and I'd suggest that you have a little a little punt on this. Um, I'd probably just add like a $1.45 Newcastle Knights um, into your multi – just to, just to get around it because I think, it you know, if you've got a little bit of money on it, like, you'll get into the game a bit. You might appreciate it a bit more. Um, so, I think, it, like, I'm going to be having – I'm going to be throwing them in, in my multi of the week, the Newcastle Knights. And their, their men haven't won. Yeah, well, that's another thing, yeah. So, they are due. Yeah. Well, that would be amazing, yeah. Mm. Their men haven't won in ages since Joey played. So I, I really like them. I think they're going to be too good. I like them too. I've got a feeling. And, and watch this Jessie Southwell play. She is. She's amazing. Like, it's really cool to watch. So i definitely get around that. Just throw that in so you get to watch that game too. It might even end up being more entertaining than the final, to be honest. The men's final. <laughs> so actually going into the multi-chats we've had a little bit about, mm. uh, throwing your Randy Brown mm. in for the UFC. Uh, Penrith Panthers at a dollar thirty-seven. I then, reckon uh, go. I'm I'm going to go Penrith thirteen plus. But just just even just to take the win at a uh, dollar thirty-seven and the Knights at a dollar forty-five. So, look, if you're looking for a bit of a shoe in multi mm. at two dollars oh, fifty-eight, yeah. like that's a shoe in. Yeah, two fifty-eight. Two fifty-eight. I'm gonna ju- I'm gonna I'm gonna Let's, put in gonna Penrith thirteen plus just to spice that up a little bit. I've got a random one to jack it up a bit. Well, yeah. Well, let's go through it then. Let's go through the best bets of the week. Um, look, look. I've already said it. Penrith thirteen plus for me is my best. My multis: Penrith thirteen plus, Randy Brown, and Newcastle Knights women's side to take out the grand final. What do you like, Minga? Minga, I like Jack Jenkins, so I've already put that on in a multi at a dollar twenty nine. Not really doing too much, but I've got a bit of a random one that I got from my cousin, 
And I have no idea about race car driving. Don't even know if it's a sport. Is it a sport? No, it's not. It's not a sport. Is no. it a sport? Well, I don't look. I don't think so. I think it's race car driving, but it's be a few up. You don't play race car driving. No, you can't get your mates and just go race car driving. Well, you can, but it's illegal. You go go karting or something, or hooning. Are you talking about hooning? Well, yeah. Well, race car driving really just around the streets. So, is it a sport? No, it's something you just bet on. Uh. Yeah, I think it's um, something. I heard once that people needed money to do it. Yeah, I heard that too. Because it was like, it's quite expensive. Yeah, no one from any poor suburb, country, place. Yeah, they don't have any Jose Aldos or anything. Jose Aldo couldn't have been a race car driver. Well, maybe they do, because I haven't watched any of that like uh, Drive to Survive shit, so I wouldn't know. Anyway, my cousin who's into it. Anyway, it's not so a he, sport. He, he watches it. It's, it's 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 not a sport, so he, he must just bet on it. Um, but he told me that Lewis Hamilton is a certainty for a podium finish at okay. the Singapore Grand Prix. Uh, now, that's paying $1.87, and I've just chucked it in. Okay. Now, I've heard of him. <laughs> so I just – I believe him. All right? And then I've chucked in Penrith Panthers because I just really like the sound of him, and I would put in the uh, – Newcastle in the women's NRL grand final as well, but that bet has gone. Okay. Um, but that's probably what I'd do, Minga. So you like Lewis Hamilton podium finish? Yeah, Lewis Hamilton ones, it's left left field, but I think it's good. I like it. And and just Penrith outright. Yep. Okay. Do you want me to tell you why race car drivers think race car driving is a sport? Yes. Yeah. They, the drivers sweat up to four um, <laughs> kilos of their body weight. Uh-huh. So they're racing in a sauna. Their heart rate goes up to 190 beats per minute. The G-forces, they withstand are enough to knock you out. <laughs> and, and a single lapse in concentration could be life-ending. So <laughs> Fuck that, it doesn't sounds like that doesn't mean it's not gun. loose. <laughs> Tom Does that mean Cruise it's a sport? Should make it. Tom Cruise should star in a race driving movie. I reckon. I think he did. Did he? Yeah, he's been in a race one. He would have for sure. It's a famous yeah, Tom Cruise movie. The, it's Hang the on. one. The famous one. F one or something like that. Tom Cruise in an it wasn't hasn't done an F one movie. He has. That's, I don't know if it's F one. No, it's, um, are you thinking of Ford versus Ferrari? Yeah, well, with no. Matt, that's Matt Damon and no, Christian no, Dad. I'm not talking about that. Days of Thunder. Oh, bullshit. Did he? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no way. 1990. 1990. Of course he fucking did. So. You caught it without knowing it. Yeah, much. I didn't even know. I honestly don't even know that. So is it a sport? <laughs> Fuck no. Race if car drivers think it's a sport. <laughs> that all sounds Depends who you're, cool. who you're talking to, I guess. Mm-hmm. The people, the lovely people of Bathurst, would have a big argument with us. I think. Oh yeah. Honestly, I think it's Luckily, a hobby. I think it's a hobby. To this. A, a, a well-paid hobby if you're good at it. It's a hobby. If you're well, if a hobby, if you're well paid, because apparently it's expensive. Anyway, that's Lewis Hamilton podium finish. 
I think it's on the weekend. Yeah, I like that. And with and with just with Penrith to win, just them at the line. I've already got oh, at the line. No, no, sorry, just to win. Yeah. Um, and I've got Jack Jenkins. Oh, I had Jack Jenkins. He's already got got up. So, hang on a second. You, you. There was a leg that's gone. So you've already placed this. It's already won one. I've already There's placed. A, oh, so <laughs> <laughs> I think you're not quite understanding the premise of the show. I, I know Minga, but I said I would. I would add the Newcastle Knights women's. Oh, so you're gonna okay? Sorry, I'm gonna I add them. You. Not that okay. I can, but I would. Oh, okay. No, nah, I follow. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, gotcha. Jesus. So your Newcastle Knights women's Penrith at the line. No, Penrith with a win. Penrith with a win and Lewis, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise to place okay. in Singapore. Okay. Damn. Tom Cruise place in Singapore. Podium finish. That's me, Minga. And what are you thinking, Corbs? Look, I like the Randy Brown, Penrith and Knights. You like that? I like that. $2.57, very short, but, you know. Just all outright. It seems outright. I'll, in mine, I'll probably go a bit more. I'll go Penrith at the line. Get a little bit more juicy on it. Yeah. All right. So the other thing we obviously need to touch on here is the Clive Churchill. Now, there's nobody uh, that Tish can see named Clive or Churchill in any of the squads or extended squads. Is it Clint? <laughs> no. Gath. Gath. What about middle names? Clint is not going to do because he's playing for the Eels. And they're absolutely no hope. Clint's as close as you're going to get to Clive. It is, but we're not. We're, we just can't do that. I should have just said on the Panthers, to be honest. But yeah, we're not going to. But like, I, I've got a, I've got a Clive Churchill. I've been thinking about it all week, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who has. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's. On everybody's tongue. It's obvious. It's pretty obvious. Dylan Edwards. Ooh. He has been impressing everybody the last few weeks. The commentators, all the voices. If he has any sort of game like he's had the last few weeks, I'm almost certain they give it to him. I just don't think they give it to Cleary again. I think he's had enough. Like I think they're going to be looking for somebody else to give it to. Dylan Edwards is the name... On everybody's lips, I really think he's a good bet for the Clive Churchill. So do I. Actually, off uh, just before I uh, threw out, Con said he had one for the Clive Churchill. I threw mine out, and I'm so stoked. He, he said <laughs> he also. Oh yeah, said we spoke. Like, yeah, we spoke about it earlier. Yeah, uh, just took. We just took it out. We we basically said at the same time, okay, <laughs> Dylan Edwards. <laughs> yeah. It's that obvious. <laughs> it's that obvious. All he has to do is play like he has the last few weeks and it's any time. Who votes for it? Fucks me. Do you know? No, I, I'm actually thinking, is it... It's not like the XNRL players set up, is it? That are voting at the time? no idea. Because you know how there's that so, sort of set up? Um, Can we get that up? I don't know. Tish, have you got it? Medal recipient is chosen by the selectors of the Australian national team and announced 
and watered. So Mal, the post Mal Meninga. Mal Meninga. Mal Meninga. There you go. Yeah. So sort I of right. Mal Meninga was a cricketer. No. Uh, uh, no, dude. <laughs> yeah, I went to school with his son. Yeah, right. Yeah, Josh Meninga. Mal Meninga. The man. Yeah. I thought, so I thought you were named after. Mal <laughs> Meninga. <laughs> 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 Oh. Calling you Mal. <laughs> Jesus, a bit in that Mal Minga. Maminga. This is all looks back to the There's a little Churchill. bit in this. Minga. Well, if Mal, Mal Maminga's Maminga. picking Churchill. it, I'm almost fucking certain it's going to be Dylan <laughs> It all leads back to Dylan Edwards. Jeez, Mal Maminga, Minga. Clive Churchill. Clive Churchill. Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards. Yeah. Put a bit of money on that. There we that. go. Wow. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe. Listen on Spotify. I think that's what it's called. We'll know if you do or you don't. That's the corner of the round table. Thanks.